Hosea 13, verse 9. O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself, but in me is thine help. As we think about this, a great opportunity that nobody else, according to what the writer in Amos said, he said, you only have I known of all the earth. When you think about that, what a great opportunity that Israel had. What a great opportunity that we have today. I believe an opportunity that a lot of other places do not have. A lot of other nations, a lot of other areas in this nation don't have. I I can just say this from my own experience. Living uh, in Montana, Wyoming for probably five years, there was very, very few churches. Mostly in that neighborhood, Mormon, and if not Mormon, Catholic. What an opportunity that we have to hear a word of God in this little neighborhood, in this area. But you know, here is man in, in uh, 13 and 9, O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself. And I realize he's speaking to Ephraim in the beginning of this chapter in particular. You know, uh, Ephraim was very prideful. You know, I think there can be great pride today. And that can be in a good sense, and it can be in a bad sense. But by this Word of God, He said, O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself. Now you think about mankind. I believe Paul says, no man ever hated his own flesh. I believe that's in Ephesians, talking about a man and a woman being together. But isn't it amazing that man in his natural condition is going to destroy himself? You might say, well, that's just talking about Israel. I I, I believe you could say this, that it covers mankind as a whole. That mankind is a self-destroyer. You know, man would never admit to that. Man would never consider that he would destroy himself. O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself. (laughs) So never would a man see or never would a man admit that he's going to destroy himself. You know, that's just beyond our, our thinking. And man's not just going to destroy himself physically. Man's going to destroy himself eternally, everlastingly. If God does not intervene into man's life, you just leave man alone and he will self-destruct. Man will go down a road of destruction. And the farther he goes, the deeper. And I, I, I believe just as God, if you're saved, just as God works on us and sanctifies us, and, and and little by little, <coughs> we're changed from glory to glory. 
little by little, God works on man to sanctify him and bring him, you know, I, I, I could just say for me, and I would hope that you would say for you, that today you're not in the same place that you were when God saved you. But you have a greater hatred for sin and a greater love for God. I believe we could read this in Second Timothy chapter, chapter number three, verse number thirteen. Paul is writing to Timothy, and he says this: "But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived." So that word to wax, that word means to proceed, to progress. The word actually means this, to cut forward. And the picture there is being in a wilderness. And what's going on? I tell you, they're cutting out a way to go forward. What is man? Man is continually progressing toward greater and greater wickedness. Man is on a continual progressive state of becoming more and more wicked. And you know... Here's the bad thing, that man will deceive himself. Not that I'm going to deceive you, though though that's the nature of fallen man. The nature of fallen man is to, to deceive one another. I believe it's the nature of fallen men that are sitting in church houses today to deceive the real church and to say that we're really saved and we're born again. You know, as Vaughn mentioned a friend, and concerned about a son. Why? Why is he concerned about that son? Why is this man concerned about his son? Well, his son says that he's saved. But his son lives a lifestyle that is in total contradiction to what the Word of God says. The man, the man that loves his son, realizes and knows that this lifestyle is a greater revelation of what's really in the heart. So man is going to destroy himself. Why is that? Because man loves sin. Man loves darkness. Man's natural tendency is to go away from God. And you know, the more freedom... I think about our nation. I think about our country as I read and ponder on this verse today. You know, it looks like In 2023, I mean, here we are almost 250 years old as a nation, and we're farther away from God legally. Legally farther away from God than our country has ever been. And you know what we call it? We call it greater freedom. You know what it is? It's self-destruction. Our country, not only our country, but individuals. Individuals that legally have a freedom today that is not not, uh, uh, held up by God, never held up previously by our forefathers or the, the founders of our nation. Today we have a freedom that is to bring self destruction to the individual. Now that's what man will do without God. 
Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself. Why? Why would man destroy himself? You think man loves himself? Absolutely. <coughs> but man, in his love for self, in his forgetfulness of God, his rejection of God, his hatred of God, his enmity toward God, without the Lord Jesus Christ, who is our help according to this verse, man is going to destroy himself and die and go to hell. Because man hates God by the natural mind. Man is born in sin, conceived in iniquity, and let me tell you this, that's his nature. Man's nature is to hate God. Man's nature is to go away from God. And every one of us that are sitting here today, unless God intervenes in our life, unless there is a work of God in us, unless there's a revelation that comes by the work of the Holy Spirit and through and by the preached Word of God, man will continue down that road of destruction and end up in hell. And you know what he's thinking all the time? He's looking at himself and he's looking at others around him and he says, you know, I'm doing pretty good. I Really, I'm doing better than the majority. I mean, look at that group over there. Look at that group that is out of control in this situation, out of control in that situation, that goes against nature, that goes against uh, the things that even, even nature says is correct and right. And look at them and look how good I am. There's the natural destruction of man. Man loves sin. Oh, preacher, we don't love sin. Man loves sin. Man loves sin. I ask you this. Why are people going to die and go to hell? I believe we better go farther. I believe we better go to this. Sin. No greater... I don't know that you could say there's a greater sin a greater rejection of God than unbelief. But you know, if I'm saved by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ and He paid the bill, and the books are open, and every man is going to be judged out of the books according to their works, sin, sin is sending man to hell. But man loves sin. Isn't that something? That man loves what is going to send him to hell. That man hates God. He says here in, in me, O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself, but in me is thine help. In the Lord is our help. So fallen man, and man, man loves a lie. Now you, you think that's not true. But isn't it amazing that a little bitty youngin learns how to lie? What's that for? Their protection. To get what they want. To satisfy the flesh. But know this, that the lie came from the father of lies. That man rejects the truth. 
You tell somebody they're lost by the lifestyle they're living and it doesn't line up with the Word of God and they're living in opposition to the Word of God and they're out of the will of God and they say, oh no, I love God. You know, if I love God, I would live according to His Word. If I love God, my life would be in order with the Word of God. If I love God, there would be a desire in me to love God and to hate sin. But in the natural man is a desire to love sin and hate God. Where did that come from? Where did that come from? He tells us in the book of Ephesians, in the book of Ephesians chapter number 2, he said, "This were in the time past, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our conversation in the time past in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature, by our natural birth, by our natural birth, we were born liars. By our natural birth, we were born children of the devil. By our natural birth, we were born fallen away from God. By our natural birth, we were born to be sinners and trespassers. By our natural birth, we were deceived and being deceived. By our natural birth, we were sinning and going away from God and desiring all the time to be away from God. We are self-destructors. Man is going to destroy himself. And you know what? I'm going to say you need to be saved. And you know what you're going to say? I am saved. I'm saved. There's no Spirit of God in my life. There's no desire in my life. There's nothing in me that makes me desire to come down to the house of God to hear a word from God. I'd have think today that that little ignorant preacher might have something today that would speak to me that's beyond our comprehension. We come to church, and the truth is, our attention span cannot be here for 45 minutes of preaching. Most of the time, I'm, I'm not even on the floor for five minutes and gone. People are gone. Let me tell you this. That's the truth. You can call it a lie if you want to call it a lie. That's what man wants to hear. Man does not want to hear the truth. The truth is there's folks here today that need to be saved. That's the truth. But you know what the devil says? You're all right. Why, you made a profession when you were 11. You made a profession when you were 30. You made a profession when you were 16. You made a profession. But you see, the lies of the devil is going to help man to self-destroy we're going to destroy ourselves because of the rejection of the truth of the Word of God. Not only does man love a lie, but I want you to look at man. That man loves darkness rather than light. When the light comes, you know what? Think about it spiritually. When the light turns on, man shuts his spiritual eyes. When God begins to question your salvation, we immediately shut our eyes to that and our ears to that, and immediately the devil says, You know, you did this. The reason you're not interested is because you've had a, a bad week, you've had a bad day or two. The reason there's no interest 
is because of this situation or that or, or you know what you've been going through the last few days. The real problem, ladies and gentlemen, is that man hates the light. The real problem is that man is condemned already and the devil says that you're okay and there is nothing in us to make us desire the truth. Man does not want the truth. Man loves darkness rather than light. And man follows after and longs for the darkness. You just look at the natural tendency... You know, I was in darkness for 23 years of my life. You think I wanted the light to be turned on? I had no desire for the light to be turned on. And when the light was turned on, I tell you my first tendency was to close my eyes. He that believeth in the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. There's the true condition of man. The true condition of man that is under the wrath of God right now. The true condition of man is you're a dead man and a dead woman walking. The true condition of man without salvation is the, and the end, man is going to self-destruct. And you know, we're living in a world today that you can just make a decision anytime you want to. I say this, man's natural nature is sin and transgression following the ways of the world under the lies of the devil in darkness and we're held by the strong man. You tell me you can make a decision for God? You tell me that you would want to make a decision for God that is absolutely, absolutely impossible without the working of the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. Without there's a quickening and an awakening of you spiritually, man will go down the road and self-destruct. Oh preacher, I can come to God anytime I want to. Let me ask you this, why don't you? Why don't you come to God? Why don't you come and really be saved? Why don't you come and get something that would bring you some enjoyment when you come to the house of God? Why don't you come, if you can come to God, why don't you come? Let me go a little farther. Why don't you stop sinning? Why don't you quit sinning if you're able? If you can stop sinning, if you can overcome, if you are in yourself able, I ask you this, are, are you able to satisfy God? Are you able to meet the righteous judgments of God? Are you able, can you stop sinning? No, you can't, can you? No, you can't stop sinning. You're unable to. So what sin, what, what did we say a few minutes ago? What, what's going to happen? Why are people dying and going to hell? Because of sin. You see, right now, man calls it freedom. Right now, man living in sin calls that freedom. 
But know at the end, when God says that's the end for you, that we're going to go out, and I'll tell you what's going to happen, friend. I'm going to get a, a bill from God. I'm going to get a bill on the last day. You know, January 31st, uh, January or, or December 31st, uh, friend, the books are going to be closed, aren't they? January 1, we're going to start a new year. We're going to start a new book. Our friend, I tell you this, on January 31st, spiritually speaking, God is going to send you a bill. And that that you owe, if it's not been paid for uh, by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, by a new nature, by a new creation, uh, by a new uh, uh, longing, by a new desire, if it's not going to be paid for uh, by Jesus Christ living on the inside of you, God's going to send you a bill for every sin that you've ever committed. And it will be paid. You'll not get out until it's paid. Vaughn says it's never paid. The eternal Son of God. The eternal. The eternal Son of God. Paid a bill for me. And at the end, when the bill is sent for me, that bill will have paid in full by the blood of the Lamb of God on it. There's no other way. In me is thy help. <laughs> Man is on a road of self destruction. And listen, listen to his condition. I know I've said this before, but just one more time. The strong man arm keep his palace. According to Ephesians chapter number 1, who were we? What were we? We were walking. We were walking according to the course of this world. Now listen. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians was probably written in about 60, between 60 and 65 A.D. Do you know this? That that verse is still true today. According to the course of this world, at this moment in time. You know, I, I, I would say they didn't have a lot of the things in 64 A.D. that you and I have today. But much of the things that we have today were exactly the same in 64 A.D. They had the same wickedness. They had the same lust of the flesh. They had the same desires of the flesh and the mind. They had the same bodily and the same sensual desires in 64 A.D. that man has got today. They may have not had the money. They may not have had an automobile. They may not have had uh, friend, the fineries or the houses or, 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 or the things of this world that we enjoy the goodness and the blessings of God in that sense. But know this, that man today in 2023 is still walking after the lust and the desires and walking according to the desires and the lust of the flesh and the desires of the lust of the mind and the flesh and we're walking according to the prince and the power of the air. The devil is still in control of the lost. He still sits on the throne of the heart of men and women 
A strong man, he says in Luke 11. A strong man. Well, I can just make my decision and I can come to God anytime I choose. That is an absolute lie that will lead you to destruction. I tell you when I better move. I better move when the Holy Ghost of God opens the door. I better move when God pricks my heart. I better move when the Holy Spirit of God brings me to a place and the Holy Spirit and the Word of God comes by and reveals unto me my condition. I tell you, He said in the book of Proverbs chapter number 1, how that wisdom cries from the concourse. Wisdom cries out unto you today. I don't be a fool. I don't be... Self-destruction. I don't follow down that road. Don't believe the lies of the devil. Don't follow the things of the world. But today, as God would speak to you and reveal unto you a need for God sent Holy Ghost life-changing salvation, would you hear that today? Has God spoke to us? Has God moved the strong man? I read this. I read that God moved the strong man in Matthew chapter 12. I read that God moved the strong man in Luke chapter 11. But I also read this, that they garnished the house. You know what that garnish is for? There's very, very, very few people ever eat the garnish. It's there just for looks, isn't it? Okay, that's what man's got without Christ Jesus on the inside. Though the strong man has moved, been moved by the Spirit and the power of God. You know what man does? He resists the truth. He closes his eyes to the light. He loves darkness. He is under the control of Satan, under the control of the devil. And listen, friend, you are born that way. There may be a whole lot of things said in this world. But I tell you, by the Word of God, we were by nature. We were followers of the devil. We were believers of lies. We were sinners and trespassers by nature. We inherited that nature by sin, by one man's sin entered into the world. Nicodemus, you're going to have to be born again. (laughs) Nicodemus, what you've got is corruptible. What you've got, Nicodemus, is going to lead you to hell. You're going to have to have something that only God can give you. So the strong man armed keepeth his palace. His goods are at peace. But when a stronger than he... Who is the stronger? It's got to be the Lord Jesus Christ... It's got to be the Godhead. It's got to be God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It's got to be through the preaching of the Gospel. It's got to be by the convincing and by uh, that, that convincing of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. I tell you, as God comes by and begins to speak to our heart, you know what there is there? There's an opportunity. There's a quickening. Uh, the strong man has moved out. His lies have been dispelled. His lies of no change 
His lives that a profession. His lives that you're good enough. His lives of religion. His lives, ladies and gentlemen, that you are better than most. Let me tell you this, that every one of us, there's nobody better than another. We're all equal on our way to hell without God. There's where the equality is. What happened to this man in Luke and Matthew 12? I tell you what, this man, this man garnished the house. This man made the house, he swept it. You know what he's going to do? He's going to do better. I'm going to do better. I'm going to keep the house clean. I'm going to keep that old devil out. I'm not going to allow him back in. Let me tell you, unless the power of God moves into your heart and your life, you cannot keep the devil out. Unless the power of God moves in and takes up residence in your heart and in your life, you cannot keep the devil out. The devil will come back and I tell you what he'll do. He'll come back with seven more evil spirits, more wicked than himself, and move in to stay. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Be one thing for Joseph to deceive me. It'd be one thing for Vaughn to deceive me. But I tell you, when God Almighty comes by and speaks to my heart, and I shut my eyes to the light, I close my ears to the truth, I love my darkness and I love my sin, and you know I love me. But the devil is a murderer and a liar from the beginning. I'll go down the road of destruction smiling and skipping and gleeing all the way to the brink of hell. O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself. Has God caused me to sin? No. God has not caused me to sin. Has God called me out of sin? Do I have a conscience to know what sin is? Do I have the Word of God to know what sin is? Whose fault is it that I'm sinning? Whose fault is that? Are you free to sin? Are you free to choose your sin? Have you sinned worse and worse as time went on and you come to an understanding of right and wrong maybe at 10, maybe at 5, maybe at 7, maybe, maybe later on in life, maybe earlier in life you come to a realization of what was right and wrong. I ask you this, have you sinned worse? Has it progressively got worse? Has it become easier to sin? Has it become easier to justify my actions? Have I, have I got it reasoned out and figured out in my mind how that I can justify the way I think, justify the way that I live? Have I got that figured out? You're going to destroy yourself. So we've got the devil... 
who sits on the throne of man's heart. We've got our natural nature. We've got the world pulling on us. We've got the fact that we love darkness and we hate light. That we love sin and we hate God. I tell you, it looks like man's in a hopeless situation, doesn't it? But it said, O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself. Thou hast destroyed thyself, but in me. But in me is thine help. Isn't it something that man chooses to sin? And man chooses to go away from God. And that same man chooses to resist the Holy Spirit of God. Let me ask you, what help is there for you when you resist the Holy Spirit of God? When the Holy Spirit of God gets a hold of my hand and begins to pull on me and I'm doing this, what hope is there for me when God is reaching and getting a hold of me by the truth of His Word, and the same time God is drawing me, I'm pushing Him away. Let me ask you, what hope is there for that man? What hope is there for that woman? Does man resist? According to Stephen, man continually resists the Holy Spirit of God. Am I justified in my resistance? Well... I'll say this to you. In Proverbs chapter number 1, he said this. He said, I have called unto you and you have refused. I stretched out my hand and you paid no attention. You made no regard. But you have said it not, all of my counsel. You know what man does? A man, a preacher gets up to preach and, and, and the congregation, everyone says, no, that's not me. You have said it not all of my counsel and would none of my reproof. God said this. God said this. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock. You know, you would have never thought that God would laugh at somebody when they were dying and going to hell, would you? Would you think that God is such a God of love that He would never laugh? I tell you, he's going to laugh and mock. Here's you a picture of it on Mount Carmel. You know what Elijah says? Elijah makes fun of him. He said, cry a little louder. Holler a little more. He may be taking a nap. He may be sitting on the toilet. He may be off on a little journey. He may be somewhere else and you're going to have to get his attention. I tell you what Elijah was doing. He was laughing and making fun of their God that was no God. Know this, that the real God is going to laugh at man and make a mock of man when man is plunging off under the brink of hell and burning in his rejection and in his resistance unto God. God is going to laugh. You know, Donna was talking in the Sunday school how that her sister spoke to her about something she had done as young girls. And she said, I have never ever forgotten 
how that that shamed me. How will it be when God Almighty laughs at your calamity and mocks at you? Is He justified? Has He called? Have you rejected? Has He called in the high places? Has He called in the concourse? Has He called where there was no one that could deny? He's called. You've refused. You've made fun of His call. You've said His call was unnecessary. You've said, no God, that's not me. You've said, no God, I'm alright. But yet God has spoken and touched the, the heart. God has gone inside and fingered around the heart. And man realizes and man knows that he's not right with God. God said, I'll laugh. My, my. You know, I never read. I ask you, did you ever read anywhere in the Gospels of Jesus laughing? You know, in multitudes of our pulpits today, it's a big joke, the first thing, isn't it? This don't sound like a joke to me. It doesn't sound like a joke to me when man's going to plunge off into eternal burning hell. It doesn't sound like a joke to me when God said, I'll laugh at your calamity. I'll laugh at your trouble. I'll mock when your fear come. You know, I, I, I believe there's some little space there. I don't know how to identify it. But I'll laugh when your fear come. I'm going to laugh when your destination is sealed and you're fearing dying I believe there's a multitude of people that are afraid to die. You know why they're afraid to die? They're unprepared to die. They have no consolation if they die. They are in great fear if they're going to die. But know this, if you reject the only remedy that there is, that there will come a time that God will laugh at your calamity and God will mock when your fear come up. Because we know this, friend, we know what lays around the bend. We know what's coming our way. We know by the Word of God that hell awaits those that have never been saved and born again. What does it mean? Thy help is in me. There's no other hope. There's no other means of help. No other help is there. God has given... I'll say this. There's no other name under heaven given whereby we must be saved. There's no other name that we can call on. There's no other sacrifice ever satisfied God. Where do you have to be? You have to be in Him. He says, in me. In me. I'm going to have to be in Christ. And if I am in Christ, know this, that Christ is in me. I am hid away with Christ in God. Isn't that what He says in Colossians? You, if you've been raised from the dead, if you've been raised from the dead, well, what do you mean, preacher? I'm not dead. You're dead spiritually. Though walking... That's what he says. Dead in trespasses and sin. 
walking. How could that be true that a man's dead and walking? Two of you, isn't there? Isn't there two of you? We've said it before. Dead. God considers you to be dead. But you know what He says? There's no other name given whereby man must be saved but at the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, to be in Him, there has to be a resurrection, doesn't there? The dead have to be raised unto life. There must be a belief, there must be a persuasion, there must be faith in what God has done through His Son Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ says in me as I help. In Christ alone, there is no other means of help, no other means of self-destruction, no other means to get away from that, no other means that you can escape destroying your own self unless you come and are in Him. What does that look like? What does it look like to be in Him? Is it a noticeable difference? We've got it dumbed down so low today that all you have to do is just say, I'm saved. That's good enough. Not according to the Apostle. Not according to the Lord Jesus. He said, if you were Abraham's seed, you would love me. You would do the works of Abraham. What kind of works? You say, well, sacrificing Isaac. How about works of faith? How about, how about we go there? How about we follow God's Word? How about we go there? But in me is thine help. So... What do I need? I tell you, I need. I need a regeneration. I need a new birth. I need to be a new creation. Now do you think, do you think that a man that is a new creation created in Christ Jesus, that He was made sin for me, that I might be made the righteousness of God in Him? You see that in Him? In me is thy help. Oh, I tell you, our life has to be hid away in Christ. When God looks at us, He better see Christ. When God looks at us, He better see the Lord Jesus. When God looks at us, He better see the blood of the covenant. When God looks at us, He better see a sacrifice that paid my sin debt. He better see, I ask you today, what do you think the value, what would the value of your life be? Isn't it amazing that all of the world is of a lesser value? Not, not, not a portion, not the richest man in the earth, but all of the world put together is of a lesser value than your soul. I'd like to ask you this. What are you selling your soul for? The perception of men? Don't want to look bad in this 45 people today? I don't want to look like I failed. 
I don't want to look like I made a mistake. So the value of your soul is greater than all of the world. And man is going to sell his soul for pride. Man is going to base his eternal destiny on something that happened 35 or 45 or 55 or 60 years ago that still does not give you joy, a desire, a longing, a movement, drives you, moves you, stirs you. You know what? I'm, I, I'm believing a lie. I'm believing a lie. If that God lived in my heart, don't you think that that God could give me a desire? That that God could give me a testimony? That that God would witness and somewhere, somewhere in the last 30 years, somewhere in the last 5 years, somewhere in the last 2 or 3 years, God would say to the congregation, that's my son, that's my daughter, that's my child. By His Spirit, God would testify. Man's going to self-destruct. We're going to go right on down the road sitting on the church pew and die and go to hell. In me is thy help. That's what, that's, what, that's what the Lord is saying here through Hosea. So as you think about that, what's He going to do? According, according to the Bible in the, in the book of, uh, in the book of first, Second Corinthians, you know this, I've already mentioned it. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And he says this in the latter part of that, For he hath made him God. God made him. God made Jesus. God made Jesus to be my righteousness. God made him to be sin for us. Or is us, is that inclusive for all of mankind? Well, I say this in the context. He had made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Paul is talking about saved people right there. But let me tell you this, if you've never put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus and brought about a change in life, you're not included. He'll have to be your sacrifice. He'll have to be your sin offering. He'll have to be, you'll have to put your faith and trust in the fact that Jesus took your sin, bore it on the cross, satisfied the righteousness of God, and by that same persuasion that you put your faith and trust in the fact that God raised Him from the dead, and you know what you can do? You can be justified by the work that Jesus did. In Him. In, in me is thy help. In Christ. No other means, there's no other way, no other means of salvation but through and by the Lord Jesus. He says this in the, in the book of John, chapter 17. He said, I in them, oh God, the glory that you gave me, I, 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 I have given unto them that they may be one even as we are one. I in them, listen now, listen, I in them, John chapter 17, verse 23, 
I in them, thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Now let me ask you this. How much do you think God loved His Son? His only begotten Son. His beloved Son. You know how I'm accepted? I'm accepted in the Beloved. How will you be accepted? You will only be accepted in the Beloved. But now Jesus says this to to God the Father as He's praying. I and them. How is that? How can Christ be in you? I tell you by faith and by the persuasion of the Gospel, I I, I, I consider myself to be a sinner. And if I'm a sinner and I'm on the road to hell and I'm on the road of self-destruction, you know what I need? I need to repent and I need a Savior. I say everybody here, except for these four youngins, who made a profession. You've all made a profession. But have you ever been lost? Why did you make that move that morning, (coughs) that night, that service? Why did you come? Why? Because of your husband? Because of your wife? Because of your cousin? Because another man did? Because another woman went? Why? Why did you move? Were you lost? Were you dying in your sins and going to hell? Were you convinced that you needed a Savior? Or was it a play by man on the emotions to bring you to get a profession out of you? Deceiving. Liars. I tell you, Jesus said, I in you. I in them, by the Holy Spirit, thou in me, so God the Father is in the Son, that they, that the saved, might be made perfect, complete in one. In one. How can we be complete in one when he's talking about God the Father? God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, how can we be complete in one? Just the same as the Godhead. The three are one. And through and by the working of the Holy Spirit dwelling in you, you are in Christ. You are hid away with Christ in God. Can you see that I am completely in the Godhead? I have the Holy Spirit dwelling in me. I am in Christ. And Christ is hid away with God in the Godhead. I see a friend, you talk about a salvation that is secure. I have a secure salvation. I am in Him. He is my help. In me is thy help. You that are destroying yourselves, you that are headed down a road of religion and a road of trying to do right, a road of being better, a road of self-salvation. Isn't it amazing that a man that can't stop sinning thinks he can save himself? What a lie. What a lie. 
I and them, thou and me, and they, that they may be one, may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know. Let me tell you something, friend. I'm going to be as honest as I know how. I don't even know you're saved. How in the world can the world know that you're saved? How can the world know that you're saved when your pastor doesn't even know that you're saved? And that the world may know that Thou hast sent Me and hast loved them. Oh my, the world's going to know that God loves you. If you're saved, if you're born again, you know what the world's going to know? The world is going to know the love of God. The love of God that would save something like me. The love of God that would make a change in me. The love of God how that would make me into a new creature. The love of God how that would overcome and overtake and overpower my old natural life. Thank God for the love of God. That's what He does when He is your help. O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself, but in me is thy help. In His offering, in His sacrifice, in His blood, in His love, in His mercy, there is my help. In Him. Listen to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter number 1, verse number 6. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 6, he says this, to the praise of His glory. What's happened before? He predestinated us under the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will. That's God doing that. God's doing that. To the praise of the glory of His grace. You mean I chose to be adopted? No, God chose me. God chose to adopt me. Would my choosing to be adopted bring any praise to His grace? Any glory to His grace? No. 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 What a twisting and the resting of the Scripture we have today. To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He... I wonder who He is. I wonder who He is. He hath made us accepted. I know the Beloved has got to be the Son. Right? In the beloved, the Son. I wonder who He is. To the praise of the glory of... I wonder whose grace it is. Would it be God's grace? Is that right, Daniel? It must be God's grace. To the praise of the glory of God's grace, wherein God hath made us accepted in the beloved. I wonder who the beloved is. Hear ye, my Son... Hear ye, my beloved. Where are we? I tell you, the only place there's any safety, the only place there's any rescue from self-destruction is in Him, in the Lord Jesus. That's the only place. Just a, a, another verse or two for just, a, just another minute or two. Uh, um, in, in, in Matthew... Matthew chapter 3 and verse 17, we just somewhat quoted it, but Matthew 3, 17, listen to these words. Matthew 3, 17, And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. wonder who that was. 
Was that the voice of God? That was the voice of God in Luke chapter number 1. You know, we're accepted in the Beloved. Luke chapter 1, verse number 28. It's the same word. It's not translated the same word, but it's the same word. To the virgin, a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, uh, the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came unto her and said, Hail thou that are highly favored. That's that same word. We are accepted. You know what that means? That means that we are graciously graced in the Beloved. We are graciously accepted. We are graciously graced in the Beloved. There's no way to escape self-destruction. I don't care how moral you are. I don't care how you stand out as a star in the crowd today. Outside of Jesus Christ, there is no help but that you will self-destruct. Not naturally. Spiritually, forever and ever Amen. O Israel, O man, O church member, thou hast destroyed thyself, but in me is thine help. Isn't it something that man that hates God, man that loves darkness, man that is following after the leadership of the prince of the power of the air, that God seeks after him. Is there any wonder that there will be laughing and mocking from God in the day that we end up in hell? What more could have been done What do you think would be worthy who had trodden under feet the grace of God, the blood of the covenant of the Son of God?